Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we are learning Maseches Bava Kama Daf Tzadi. And we're starting about 12 lines or so from the bottom of the page. We've been discussing Takonas Usha. You may recall from yesterday that Takonas Usha uh, was listed at the bottom of Peitesimit Aleph. Um, and uh, the language of Takonas Usha over there was basically, was it Peitesimit Aleph? Was the bottom of the previous page, Pechesimid Beis, where Takanas Usha was, Ha'isha Shemachra Melug, that if a woman sells the properties that she brought into the marriage while she has access to the principal, the husband has rights to the peros. So if she does so, Baila Umesa, that then is, Habal Kuchos, that a husband is able to. Uh, maintain rights after her death. He can recollect the principle of the nichse melug that she gave away. That is takanas usha. So here we're going to see that there is potentially a machlokes tanaim about it. So twelve lines from the bottom on peitas midbeis, the Gemara says, Lemar, perhaps we can say takanas usha tanoihi. That maybe takanas usha, the applicability of takanas usha, is a machlokes tanaim. Namely, some people say we have takanas usha. She's really not supposed to sell the nichse melug, the properties that she brought into the marriage. But if she does, because of takanas usha, the husband can go recollect those, those items that she sold. And there are those who hold that there is no takanas usha, where the husband does not have the right to, to go back and collect what she sold, and therefore the sale is final. And where do we see these two different shitas? So we see that it's a tanoi. The tanichada, one brisa says that avde malug, if a woman brings into the marriage an evet, so she owns the evet, but the evet can work for the husband. If it's avde malug, then yotzin b'shein v'ayin le'isha, then the only time he goes free with a tooth injury or an eye injury is if the woman, the actual owner, causes the damage. Avalo le'ish, but if her husband, who only has the rights to the peros and not to the principal itself, causes the damage, the Ebed will not go free. The Tanya Idach, and there's another Brisa. And this other Brisa is the opposite of the previous one. Says the Gemara, No one, not the husband or the wife, could cause the kind of damage to this Ebed, who is part of the Malug, part of the uh, part of the monies that the wife brought into the marriage where the husband has the rights to the payros and the wife has the rights to the principal, no one can injure this evid in a way where he would go free. So this is the two sides of the possible machlokes, the Gemara's presentation, as to whether or not we hold of takonas usha. And the Gemara says, 10 lines from the bottom on peites amid beis, savruha, we might have thought up until this point that tekule alma kinyan peros lav kinyan guftami, we might have thought that the husband rights, husband's rights to the peros of the nechse malug are different and distinct from her rights to the actual uh, to the actual principle of the nechse malug. And my lav baha perhaps over here, if we're under the assumption that Kenyan Paris is lav ki Kenyan aguvta, I mean, then what's the machlokas between these two brises about? Says the Gemara, demanda amar leisha lesle takonas usha. According to the one who says that only the wife's injury of the eved would free the eved and not the husband's, so that means that she still has full rights over the nechse meluk. That sounds like the opinion of no takonas usha. Umanda amar lo leisha, and according to the other brisa, which indicates that neither the wife or the husband can damage this evid in a way where he will go free, that implies that islay takonas usha that they both still have some ownership over uh, over the evid. So therefore, it's possible that this is a machlokas, says the Gemara, five lines from the bottom, low. That's not correct. The Kule Alma, really everybody holds, is Lehu Takonas Usha. 
everyone agrees to Takanos Usha that a, that a husband maintains rights to the Nikhse Mulug, to the properties that she brought into the marriage. Everybody maintains those rights. Ella, Kan Kodem Takana, Kan Achar Takana. One Brisa, the Brisa that seems to indicate that there's no Takanas Usha was before Takanas Usha was instituted. It didn't always exist. It's not a Pasuk and Chumash. It's a rabbinic injunction that allows for a husband to maintain ownership over the Nechse Malub. So one Brisa, the second Brisa was from prior to Takanas Usha. And the first Brisa was after Takanas Usha was instituted. Another possible answer is Really, both brisas are speaking about a time after which Takanas Usha was implemented. The Islahu Takanas Usha, everyone agrees to it. Why is it that we have a shita where the woman is able to cause damage to an Ebed such that he will grow free, but her husband could not cause such damage? My Taima, Kidurava. That's because of Rava. The Amar Rava, as we turn to the top of Tzadi Amad Aleph, Rava says, There are a few things, if I'm makdish something, or if Pesach kicks in and that item becomes chametz, or shikhrur, if I free something, they are no longer begeder a shibud. So therefore, says the Gemara, that according to the sheets of Le'isha, she always will maintain a certain kind of special connection to the Nechzei Meluk because she owns the principle. Says the Gemara, maybe the Brisas actually disagree about Rava. Lema, perhaps we should say the Rava Tanoihi. The sheet of Rava, the top line of Tzad Yamad Aleph, should be a question of Hektesh Chametz V'Shech, or do we say Mafkin Lideshi? We've seen this line many times in Shas. It looks like five or six times already. Let's see, twice in Yuvamos, once in Ksubis, once in Gitten, and once in the Darim. And now again here in Baba Kama. So maybe we should say that this line is subject to a machlokas. The Gemara says, Lo, the Kule Alma is the Everyone agrees about Rabba. Bahacha over here, referencing the second Brisa, Al Muha Rabban on the What the Chachamim did is they gave more strength to the husband's claim to the um to the Nikhse Malug. And that's why. Neither he or she, if they injured the Avde Malug, would they go free. Another possible answer on the top of Tzadi Amadala, five lines down. Nobody had heard of Takanas Usha. That really the Machlokas is about whether or, we, whether or not we say that the Peros of the Nechse Malug and the Nechse Malug itself are inextricably bound. According to the first Brisa, they are not inextricably bound. She can function with the Nechzei Malug and he can function with the Peros. According to the second Brisa, they are inextricably bound. So a bunch of various ways to uh, try and answer up for the differences between these two Brisas that we saw toward the bottom of Peitesim and Beis. And that brings us to the words, Uviplugta Dahani Tanoi, this uh, where we're eight lines down or so, that this Machlokes about Peros Kikinyan Haguftami or not, is actually a machlokes tanoim. And here's what the Brisa says to Tanya. <clears throat> the Brisa writes, we'll see this again in Baba Basra, Hamocher avdo if I sell my slave to another person, Upasakimo, and when I sell my slave to you, I I, I rehire the, the Ebed back, Upasakimo, almanashi shenu shloshim yo. So let's say that I try to sell you my Ebed, um, uh, Tevi, we'll, we'll pick the one from Shas, Tevi Abdo. So I, I sell Tevi to you. He's a $10,000 Ebed. I pay you $10,000, but I, I barter with you that in the sale, I get to keep him for the next 30 days. 
during those 30 days when you officially own him, but I'm still using him, I knocked out one of his teeth or I poked out his eye. So what happens? Rav Meir Omer, Rishon Yeshno Bedin Yomo Yomai The Torah has a chiddush when it comes to the world of an Eved, that only in the first 24 hours are you responsible to, uh, to if only within the first 24 hours of your ownership are you responsible for the Eved and the Ayin. If it's more than that, then no. So the Gemara says, if Rishon, if I, the seller, was the one who injured him, then the din of yomo yomayim, the exclusion, the, the kula that applies by an evet applies over here because he's in my house. Kasavar, he must hold that kinyan peros kinyan aguftami. Because over here, the sale itself is uh, that I sold to you, I gave you $10,000, that's considered like the actual principle of the nechseimulug. And the right that I built into the contract that I get the Ebed for 30 days is like the Peros. So over here, we see that it's all like the, like Rishon, it's all like the first person. So the Peros are the same. Kasavar, Kenyan Peros, Kenyan Haguftami. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, no. Sheni Yeshno Bedin Yomo Yomayim, Neshu Kaspo. The second person has this din of Yomo Yomayim because he actually owns the person. Kasavar, Kenyan Peros, Lav, Kenyan Haguftami. So we see that this is a machlokas tanaim that plays out in regards to the case of Mocher Avdo Acher. But Rabbi Yossi adds in a third shita. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Rabbi Yossi says, Shnehem Yeshnon Bedin Yomo Yomayim, they both have the din of Yomo Yomayim, Zemib Neshu and the Gemara says about Shitas Rabbiosi, Misafkale, Kinyan Peros, Ikikinyan Aguftami, Ilav, Kikinyan Aguftami, Visafik Nufashos, Lahakel. He says that when we're dealing with a case of the uh, of Moher Avdo, so the din is that we don't know uh, if Kinyan Peros is like Kinyan Haguftami. We just don't know. So we in our Gemara, we presented the two Brisas, at least one iteration of the two Brisas from the bottom of Pei Testament Beis, is that the two of them, the two Brisas, were really a machlokas about whether or not we say Kinyan Peros is Kinyan Haguftami. We saw that, those two Shitas in this Brisa. And then we saw this Numechuda Shita Rabbi which was Misafkale, he wasn't sure. And he says, Now let's see the fourth shita in this b'risa. The Gemara says about halfway down on Tzadi Yamad Aleph, Rabbi Elazar Omer, Shneim Einam Bedin Yom O Yomayim, Zelafi She'eno Tachto, Zelafi She'eno Kaspo. Nobody really owns this guy. It's Twilight Zone. Because on the one hand, there is money that transacted, but the Evid is not where he should be. The Evid is not with the person who, he, who, who owns him. So therefore, he says that nobody is shaykh to that day. All right. So let's now analyze this b'risa. Why does Rabbi Eliezer say that there is no ownership of this person at all? Because Amar Kra, Ki Kaspohu, this Evid is like your money. It has to be a case of Kesef that's Miyuchad, where the Evid is actually dedicated to one person. But here he's not Kaspo Miyuchad, because on the one hand, you own him. I paid I paid you paid me for him, you gave me the cash, but the Evid's in my property, so that's like a stira mineube. And therefore, it's a, there's no din of payment in that case. And who is the following case of Amemar like? Let's see who it aligns with. Says the Gemara, You have a husband and a wife, and the wife tries to sell the nechse meluglo asu klum. Nothing transpired. Keman, who's that like? Kirabi Eliezer. Because Rabbi Eliezer was of the opinion that Shneim einan bedin yomo yomayim, because she really owns the principal and he has access to the payrolls. And similarly, as we get, head toward the mission on the bottom of Tzadi Yamad Aleph, Man Tana Lahadatanu Rabbanon, who's the author of the following b'risa, Mishachetzio Eved Vechetzio Ben Chorin. 
if you have a person who's a half Eved and half Ben Choren, and that uh, happens in a case where there are two owners of a person, uh, of an Eved, and one person is Meshachra, that, that half of the Eved. So the person is a half and half. Or if an Eved who is a full Eved, but he's owned by two, two people, if he has a part of a limb that's cut off and it's permanent, he doesn't go free. Why? Because at the end of the day, he's not uh, he's not meyuchad. He's owned by multiple people. Amar le Rav Mordechai le Rav Ashi hachi Amar Mishmei the Rava Rabbi Eliezer. This is the sheet of Rabbi Eliezer because after all, Milo Amar Rabbi Rabbi Eliezer kaspo hamiyuchad lo achanami abdo hamiyuchad lo. So in a case where an eved is owned by multiple people, or if you have a case of chazi eved chazi ben choren. And I'm one of the owners, and you're one of the owners. So if I damage my uh, my Ebed in such a way where he otherwise would have gone free, he doesn't go free here, because it's not Avdo HaMiyuchadlo. That brings us to the next Mishnah on the bottom of Tzad Yamaralev, six lines from the bottom. The Mishnah says, one who injures a person's ear. Machlokes, uh, we've shown him here. If you take a look at Rashi, he quotes the two shitas, Hikahu al Azno, hitting the hitting the ear, you damage physically his ear, Lashan Mori, Lishna Acharina, Tokea Mamish. One is that you uh, literally hurt the person's ear, physical damage. The other is that you blew a horn in the person's ear and injured their ear that way. So says the Gemara, no sin lo sela. This person gets paid a sela. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Mishum Rabbi Haglili Mana, he gets much more, he gets a mana. Says the Gemara, uh, Citro, if you get smacked across the face, that might be worthwhile for a little bit of cash. You get slapped across the face with an open hand. If you get hit with the back hand, the back of the hand, then I thought that was like a new, like, like out of the movies. Like if you get... You hit with the back of your hand, that's considered a bigger bizayon, and you get you get more money out of the deal. It's a shas thing, apparently. I don't know. I've I'm not Italian, and my parents didn't hit me, so I don't really know. But but the Gemara here does say that the open slap is two hundred zoos, and the backhanded slap is four hundred zoos. Fascinating. Who knew? Tsaram uh, If I pulled on your ear, talash besaro. If I pulled on your hair, rakak vihigiyaboroklo. If somebody spits at you and the saliva actually reaches your flesh, or a heavier talisomimenu, or if you uh, remove someone's clothing in a public space, or pararosha isha beshuk, or you uncover a woman's hair in the marketplace, we have to take out the word low. No meos zuz. The punishment in all of these cases, the financial punishment, is you have to pay four hundred zuz. That brings us to the top of Tzadi Amid Beis. Mir Tzashem will be going to the top of Tzadi Aleph, Amid Aleph, about 10 lines down to the two dots. Let's continue learning. The Mishnah continues, Zehaklal, Hakol Lefi Kvodo. This is a little cryptic. What does it mean, Hakol Lefi Kvodo? And Rashi over here tells us a little foreshadowing. Rashi says, Dibur Hamaschel Zehaklal, Digmar Mefarish Kulahi Ochumra. We don't know if this is a leniency or if this is a stringency, and that's something that we'll have to look into later in the Gemara, not today. When we are assessing how much a person needs to get paid when they are embarrassed, even the poorest person in Israel, we see that person as though they're free. They're free, wealthy people who lost their property. Meaning, the bar starts high. We assume that everyone is a chash of a yid, even if they're a peasant. We treat them as though they're a chash of a yid. 
Crazy story. A man uncovered a woman's hair in the shuk, and she was obviously embarrassed. She normally covers her hair. Per our Mishnah, on the bottom of Tzadi Yamad Aleph, the Mishnah says that if a man uncovers a woman's hair, he's obligated to pay 400 zuz. This is like an ABC, you know, T-ball. This is easy. Went to Rabbi Akiva, he said, There was no Shulchan Aruch. But that, uh, that you have to pay 400 zuz. Amar Lo, the guy, the guilty party who had pulled off her, her tichel, he said, Rebbe, Tainlizman, give me a little bit of a time uh, before I have to pay. And the reason he did this is because he wanted to show that this woman had no problem having her hair uncovered. He knew. He knew. So here was the subterfuge. Venosan Lozman. Rebbe Akiva said, okay, you can have 30 days to pay, whatever the amount of time is. So this guy who had initially pulled off her tichel and was chayv arbameos zuz, shamra omedes al pesach he saw that she was standing at the opening of her chatzir. He walks by and drops um, an earthenware pitcher in front of her. And inside that container, there was a little bit of oil. So what did she do when she saw the oil? It was common in those days for women to take oil to make their hair look pretty, to make their hair shine a little bit. So Gilsa es Rosha, she revealed her hair. And she um, absorbed water onto her, the oil onto her hand. So she would touch the oil. Like if you can imagine there's oil and you just take a full hand and gently touch the oil, your whole hand will have oil on it. So that's what the word, it's from the phrase in Shas, when there's absorption in some chemistry books I've seen when I was in college, it's adsorption, A-D. Adsorption is to hold a liquid on your skin, on the outside of your skin. It's not, I got a cup of water here. The water on the outside is adsorbed. It's hanging off my finger. It's not absorbed. So the, the oil was sitting on her fingers and she took it and she put it in her hair. Oh, this sneaky guy had two Adams sitting there. She, he, they, the Adams saw that she took off her own shetel, that she took off her own uh, tichel. Even if she doesn't care. Read on. Read on. Amar Lo, the guy who... Yeah, this is a Mishnikov, yeah. So Amar Lo, the guy who had initially pulled off the tichel, he was upset. Amar Lo, he goes back to Bezdin on the day of payment, and he says to Rabbi Akiva, This woman, you're charging me 400 zuz for taking off her shetel. She took off her own shetel in public. That's not, she's not, she's not, not keeping the din. That, but if she's not keeping the din, how could you be mechaiv me 400 zuz if she's not keeping it? That doesn't make any sense. Well, one thing doesn't have to lead to the other thing. Says the Mishnah, like Michael, Amar Leh, Rabbi Akiva says back to this guy, Lo Amris Klum, you have said nothing. After all, Hachovel Ve'atzmo, if you damage yourself, or the equivalent in this case, if you do something usher, if you reveal your hair when you shouldn't, so, Afal Pisha Enu Rishoi, Potter, but Hachovel, but Acherim Shechav Lubochayavim, doesn't make a difference. You, you can't do what's wrong. The fact that she doesn't care that you did it doesn't matter. That's the din. And if she brings you to Bezdin and you had really taka violated halacha and that you pulled off her tichel, you could be someone, you could be a woman who doesn't normally cover her hair at all. But under these circumstances, you pulled off her tichel, 400 zuz. Rabbi Kiva says she's doing something wrong in the other cases, but you as a yid are not allowed to pull off her tichel. It's not right. And similarly, another example, the Hakotet Natiyosav, 
one who is cutting down saplings, small fruit trees, which you're not allowed to do. We know that there are discussions like this in postcam. If you are moving into a house and there's a fruit tree, you're not supposed to cut down fruit trees. Fine. So what about a kotzeitz netiyosov? Afapish en or shoy pater, but acherim chayavim. You do it to your own house. Okay, you don't have to pay yourself your pater. But if other people damage your fruit tree, so then they owe you money. So Rabbi Akiva doubles down. It just uh, It's interesting. Kotzeitz netiyosov is an interesting example. Why did the Gemara need to give two examples? I'm not sure if the Gemara discusses this. We'll find out. I have no idea. Um, also, Kotzeitz netiyosov is the famous Gemara about Rabbi Akiva. So I always wonder if these Gemaras are like, Avonichnas to the Pardes, right? End of Mishnah. We are a, a quarter of the way down on Saudi Hamad Bezal. Just a physically a very long amud. It looks like more lines than usual on this page. Let's continue. In our Mishnah, we had spoken about in the beginning of our Mishnah that if you're tokeh lechavero, we had said you have to give a selah. Rabbi Huda said you have to give a mana. But there's multiple kinds of manas, right? You have a Canadian quarter and an American quarter. They're not the same. But says the Gemara over here, mana tsuritnan, Oh, mana medinatnan. Take a look at Rashi, seven lines down, Dibur Hamaschil, Manatsuri. Manatsuri is Kafhe slime, which is Kovzos. Mana Medinis is Shminis Shebimana Tsuri. It's an eighth. So it would be $12 relative to $100 approximately. Eight times 12 is 96. It's called $12.50. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Seven and a half, exactly 12 and a half. Yeah. So if you got a math guy in the room, I'm sorry. I'm not a math guy. So the Gemara wants to know when our Mishnah, when Rabbi Yehuda in our Mishnah says mana, did he mean a hundred or did he mean twelve and a half? We don't know what he meant. The Gemara says Toshma the There was a man who did this injury again. Back to Rashi's point, we don't know if it was physical harm or just a loud sound. Also, the comment Rabbi Yehuda Nesia. They went to Rabbi Yehuda Nesia, which is the grandson of Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. Not to be confused, he lived two generations later. He was an he was an Amora and not a Tana. Ha Rebiosi Haglili. Uh he said, Ha'ana, I and I, I am I am me. He said, We'll figure out what this means. Ha'ana and Ha Rebiosi Haglili. Havle Manatsuri. In that case, he was talking about a Manatsuri. The Manatsuri was the larger amount of money, where the mana meant a hundred and not twelve and a half. Shmamina Manatsuri Tanan Shmamina. What was this cryptic phrase? My Ha'ana. So the Gemara presents two different possibilities. We're about halfway down on Saadi Ahmed Bey's. The Gemara says, that this is really what was said, that I'm the one who saw you, and I was the witness, Rabbi was the one who passed in Manatsuri, and therefore, Zilhav Manatsuri, that you should there give him the money, then then if it's ha'ana de chazisach, if that's true, then lememra, this leaves an implication that de'ed na sedaya, because he was both he was both judge and jury. He he he's, he was the one who witnessed what happened. Ha'ana de chazisach, I saw it, and then I turned around and became your dayan. Do we say eid na sedayan, that a witness can also function as a dayan? And you could understand already out of the gate, you could understand why there's a conflict of interest. Because you already know the psak. You you wit there aren't two sides. You you saw what happened. So what kind of judge are you? Are you allowed to be a dayan if you were an aid? Do we say that aid is nasa dayan or not? 
And if that's the implication, then we have a brisa that seems to say differently. The whole Sanhedrin was sitting in the room and a murder took place in the Lishka Sagazis. Everybody witnessed it. The room splits because everybody saw it. The left half of the room, uh, people one through uh, one through 60, uh, they all sit on one side and 61 through the rest until 120, they all decided that they would be the Dayanim. Nobody's Edim. Nobody's allowed to do anything because ain't Eid Nasadayim. So says the Gemara, perhaps we should say that our Gemara has an implication that's very difficult because if our Gemara implies that Eid is Nasadayim, Rabbi Kiva doesn't hold that way. And Rabbi, Rabbi Tarfon, even in Rabbi Tarfon's case, it wasn't Eid Nasadayim. The Edim were Edim and the Dayanim were the Dayanim. <laughs> the Edim, the Dayanim weren't functioning as Edim. They were just paskening the Shiloh. And says the Gemara, Ad Kamar Lo Kamar Rabbi Ad Kan Lo Kamar Rabbi Tarfon El Demiksasa Nasu Edim Lo Miksasa Nasu Dain. Even Rabbi Tarfon, he wasn't saying. Even he wasn't saying that Ain Ed Nasu Dain. Aval Ed Nasu Dain Lo Kamar Rabbi Keep Rabbi Tar. I think I skipped a line. Ad Kan Lo Kamar Rabbi Tarfon El Demiksasa Nasu Edim Lo Miksasa Nasu Dayanim. There, even in Rabbi Tarfon's case, we don't have half of the people doing both. The people who are testifying are testifying. The people who are the Dayanim are the Dayanim. But there's no Eneid Nasa Dayan. So that's a kasha in our understanding of this line of Ha'ana Harib Yosi Aglibi. Says the Gemara, don't worry. The case that happened in Bezdin was a different case. Altogether, that's a case where murder happened at night and you're not allowed to adjudicate at night. A totally different case. And another possible way to understand this line of Ha'ana and Harib Yosi Haglili, the Gemara says two-thirds of the way down, six lines before the wide lines, I hold like Rabbi Yossi Aglili, the Amar Mana Tzuri, who says that Mana in our Mishnah is talking about the larger Mana. And these are witnesses who saw you. You should pay it. That's what is another explanation of this line. Says the Gemara, but if that's true, based on what we learned earlier, it seemed that Rabbi Akiva was of the opinion pretty clearly of Ain Eid Nasadayan. That's a problem, Vehotanya, because Rabbi Akiva in the following rather lengthy brisa, it's about eight lines, what the brisa we're about to learn, and then we'll get to our question. Let's learn the brisa, and then we'll circle back to what the question is against Rabbi Akiva. We know what we're looking for. We are we're taught that, that Rabbi Akiva says Ain Eid Nasadayan. And now we're questioning that. The Pasuk says, that if I were to kill my friend with a stone or with my fist, Shimon HaTemani Omer, Shimon HaTemani, who was a Tana, he said, just like my fist, you saw me with my fist, you saw me swinging my fist, and you saw its contact. So says the Gemara, Therefore, anything that was used uh, in the in a, in a damage by that the Edim saw has to be brought to Bezdin, with the exception of those which was with the exception of those that we just can't get our whole, our hands on. But if someone's fist was used, then it has to be brought to Bezdin. Rabbi Akiva vehemently disagrees with this, as we will soon see. Second of the Y lines, I'm Rabbi Akiva. Uh, who cares if the guy's fist is in the room? Who cares? 
Do you know how he punched, how hard he punched, where he punched? Was it on the shok, which is the thigh, or was it on Sipar Nafsho? Sipar Nafsho is the cartilage on the chest. What what do you who cares if the guy's fist is in the room? It makes no sense. But Odin, furthermore, if my hands were the hands that pushed somebody off a roof and the person died. You have to see the thing that caused the death. You don't have to see the thing that caused the death. If the building that he fell off of collapsed, do we have to rebuild the building to see what killed him? Shimon Atemani is being such a literalist. And Rabbi Akiva wants nothing to do with it. So the Gemara says, It's just part of their edus. They just say, I saw the egrof. I saw him throw his fist. With the exception of when a, a, a stone leaves a person's hand. That's, so we don't have to actually bring it to Bezdin. We just bring in the testimony of the Edim. Now, all of this is a front to ask the following question. Katani Mihas, nine lines from the bottom. Omar lo Rebbe Akiva, the Brisa said, V'chim Bezdin. Bezdin Yodin Kama Hiko. Uh, are you standing in front of Bezdin when you bring the fist in, according to Shimon Atemani, when uh, the culprit is there and he says, I hit him with this hand and he shows his left fist. Just because uh, Bezdin brought him in, do they know how hard he hit? What's implied from here? That that if in fact one did fight someone, throw a punch in front of Bezdin, then aid Nasadayan. It's a diuk. The Gemara seems to say that we do have a principle of aid Nasadayan. So how could Rabbi Akiva earlier... Ten lines ago, tell me, ain't aid nasadayan. Hare, we see a diuk in the Bryce over here that there is aid nasadayan. The Gemara says, not a good question. Rabbi Akiva wasn't speaking in his own language. He was just talking in the language of Shimon Atemani. He was just saying, what do you mean, Shimon Atemani? How could you say that this is so? doesn't make any sense. What, you think that Bezdin knows how hard he hit? So we tried to make a deal. Oh, oh see, Aid, Aid, Aid Nasa. No, you can't make a deal of Aid Nasa Dain. Rabbi Kiba was just pushing back on Shimon Ateman. Let's get a throwback to the earlier parts of the Masech, the Tani Rabbonan, that the two dots, six lines from the bottom of the page, a two part brisa. Part number one Shortam Shehemis Shehemis Vihizik. You have a shore that is otherwise docile, it has not been established as a Muad, and it killed and caused damage. It did two things. It killed someone and it caused damage to property. So if an animal that's a tom does these two things, it doesn't it doesn't have both cases adjudicated for it. Dunanoso dine nefashos. We deal with the animal as it relates to the dine nefashos shabo. The ain dunanoso dine mamnos. However, we do not um we do not deal with the case of mamnus. We only deal with the fact that there was a death that took place. However, muad shehemis vihizik. If an animal was was considered dangerous, and it it did a double crime, it killed and it damaged. So then, done and oso dine mamanis. First, we adjudicate the monetary case, and then vechosrim v'done and oso dine nefashos. And then we take care of the misa case. However, what if you broke the rules? Kadmo v'done nuhu dine nefashos. If in fact, when in regards to the muad animal, you went out of order. Normally, you're supposed to adjudicate the Mamanist case before the Misa case. But if you went out of order, Kadmo Vidanuhu Dine Nefashos, you did the Nefashos case first, then Ein Chosrin Vidanunoso Dine Mamanist. Then you don't go back and adjudicate on the case of the money. 
says the Gemara, Who cares? The fact that you adjudicate the Misa before the Mamon, why would that stop you from taking care of the Mamonis? What is one thing? It's not like Kamle Bidrabamine. We're not, that's not what we're, you're not Chayav Misa. You're the, you're the shore owner. You're there. You're not getting killed. So why would you potter yourself? Why would we say that if you've already dealt with the Dini and Nefashos component, namely that we're going to kill this animal, we're going to kill the Shor Hamuad, why then can't you go back and discuss the Mamanis piece? So it says the Gemara, you should go back. Why can't we go back and adjudicate both cases, both the Misa and the Mamanis? Says the Gemara, Amar Rava, I saw the rabbis in the base medrash of Rab, and they said, Hamani, whose shita is this? This is Rav Shimon HaTemani. Remember the Rav Shimon HaTemani who said that I need the fist to show up in Bezdin, right? So here, just like that person's fist is what caused damage and the Edim have to bring it. Alma, what do we see from here? We need Bezdin to assess. But once we've established that this animal is Lamisa, it has no value. So how are you going to assess anything? Now that this animal has already been sentenced to death, there's nothing to do about it. He has no value anymore. So we're all done. Says the Gemara, he says that I retorted back to them. Rava is saying back to the people in the base Medrash. Oh, that's a historical impossibility. How could a Rava have been around by the times of Rav? Oh, it's Rava. That's the change on the side. Do you have a change there? Omar Rava. Two lines from the bottom on Sadi Ahmed Bez. It says, Omar Rava, Ashkachtin Hudur Rabbanan Debei Rav. Rava wasn't alive then. Do you have a change? Nope. It's Rava. Rava was one century earlier. Rava was not alive then. Rava was first century. This was 80 years later, 75, 80, 90 years later. So it had to be so. I have a change here in this one. It says, Near the Tzarech Lomar Rava, the Rashash caught this one. The Chain Hu Bekisve Yad. To see, the Ozvahadar is not so bad. All right, so that's what the Gemara says. Anyways, Vamina Luhu Ana, three lines, four lines down on the top of Tzadi Aleph Amad Aleph. Rabba says back. Uh, Rabba says back to them. Afilu tema Rabbi Akiva. I could even argue that all of this works according to Rabbi Akiva, namely that once the DNA Nefashos case is done for a muad animal, we will not go back and deal with the DNA Mamanis case. Where somebody ran away. That's what Rashi says on the third line. Kigoshabarach Bailov. So the Bailim ran away, says the Gemara. That's a case where Rabbi Akiva would also agree that once the Misa case was adjudicated, we will no longer adjudicate the monetary case. It's not uh, understood simply, but rather by creating a new Kimta to say that the Bailim ran away. Says the Gemara, Ibarach, if the owners ran away, how could you adjudicate anything without Bailam? Says the Gemara, First witnesses came to say what the animal did, and then they ran away. Says the Gemara, Okay, but like, how is the payment going to take place without Bailam? How can we collect any money if the Bailam ran away? Says the Gemara, because we have their animal that killed. Their animal that killed the Shor Muad. Okay, we have to keep him on a tight leash, but we can use him meridia. We can use him for plowing, which was like the most basic function of a cow back in the day. Sometimes we 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 think of cows as meat 
you know, Romanian. But they're, I mean, they did eat meat as well, of course, but they're, if they had a cow, it was less about the food and more about the plowing. So the way that, um, the, the way that the victim who was killed can collect money in the absence of the bailim is meridias by, by, by taking from a plow. Says Gemari, if that's true, then why only in the case of a muad are we collecting money? Tom, in the case of a docile animal that killed, then why don't we use an animal, use the Tom animal to pay off the victim? Why are we not using that? Says the Gemara, um, uh, why don't we do that? And then why is it that our the Bryce at the bottom said that when it comes to an animal that's Tom, even if the animal did both Misa and Hezek, we're only concerned about Dina and Afashas because the Gemara says, and this is a throwback to the earlier parts of the Masechta, and with this we'll close, Amar of Mari Bereder of Ghana, Zosomeris Ridya, the use of an animal is Begeder Aliyah of the higher properties, demarahu. And if you'll recall, a tam is not is paid me gufo. When a tam causes damage, the tam is the payment. But when uh, a muad causes damage, it's, it's paid from minha aliyah. So if it, this is a case of tam, we can't be paid, we, you can't pay from aliyah. You have to pay from gufo. But there is no gufo in this case. So the Gemara says, ridya is the same as aliyah. And that's why the Brysa writes that if there's a tam who damages both with Misa and with Hezek, we only uh, deal with him in regards to Misa, but not with Mominus. We'll stop right here at the two dots. Emir Tashem, tomorrow night we'll pick up at Iboya Luhu, about 12 lines down or so on Sadi Aleph and Aleph. Uh, we have yes. a lot of ground to cover tomorrow night. Uh, we probably won't finish it, but we'll we'll get to wherever we get to. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Um,